Hello, and welcome to episode 15 of Lost at Random. I'm Danielle. And I'm Syl. And we just watched season 4, episode 1, The Beginning of the End, which aired January 31st, 2008, which is a hell of a title for a season opener, and it makes me wonder if they thought they were going to end this series with season 4. I'm sure it makes you wonder a lot of other things, too, because uh, there is a uh, there is a lot in this episode which will likely yes. both inform you of what happened after this episode and make you question what happened before this episode. If it's indicative, we have multiple episode beverages. We started off uh, our watch with the Firestone Walker Agrestic 2005, which was a, what, a Wild Age Red? It was 2015. Lovely. 2015? Yeah, not 2005. 2015. Yeah, it was a Wild Red. It was delicious. It was a fantastic beverage. We have such moved on to... Handle in Hand. Handle in Hand by... Brasserie Troy Doms. It's a uh, sour ale with basil. It's really good. And it should be fairly indicative that I'm only just now sipping this because I was too busy typing in the latter half of this episode because, wow, this was a very dense episode. And there's another beer after this, which we'll get to whenever this beer is finished. Yes. Welcome to our stealth beer podcast. Coincidentally, last episode, um, episode 204, Everyone Hates You Go, was Danielle's first Hurley episode. Mm -hmm. This is also a Hurley episode. However, it's two full seasons later, and uh, I'm curious of your thoughts, so let's just, yeah, It makes one of my other season four episodes make a tiny bit more sense, but but not really. Um, I also have in my notes, you noted that maybe this is when the writer's strike was happening, which is why it could have been the beginning of the end. Peculiar. Yes. Um, very likely. I know uh, one of my friends wanted me to pick out the writer's strike episodes, um, which it has not begun at this point, just based on air date, but I have ominous feelings about this. So, let's begin. Uh, we start... Oh, wait, No. Also, you were like, oh, I don't know what's going to happen. And I'm like, you probably don't, but you really do. I don't remember exactly what was going to happen, but I remembered definitely Do you remember the broad, the broad parts of this episode? Or there were a lot of things in this episode. The opening with the whole card chase thing kind of caught me off guard because that was part of the footnote in the entire episode. Four minutes in, I have not talked about what's going on. Okay, so we open on a pile of mangoes seemingly frozen. It feels weird because obviously, like, the ocean waves behind it are not moving, so I don't know if something's broken. And then it explodes because a car chase is happening. I don't know why mangoes were on top of this car. It's never really explained. We transition. Somebody is watching this high-speed chase. Whoever is watching this on their TVs, drinking no pulp orange juice in a glass. Apparently, the pursuit started in the La Brea area, so it's definitely LA. It's heading on the ten. Whoever's drinking this orange juice adds a little bit of clear boo- fluid, some kind of booze. It's Jack with a new haircut, because every season is a different haircut. He's really? drinking. Maybe it's. Uh, mimosa, if it is clear liquid in orange juice. Well, mimosa is... Wait, no, that's champagne. Champagne. Uh, uh screwdriver. Screwdriver, screwdriver. is He's going for a screwdriver. Juice. Not really sure. Anyway, the news notes that this is a Camaro. It's an early 70s model, and Jack says, damn it. Meanwhile, we go to the car. The Camaro jumps a fence into a 
used car lot. It's hard to tell. There he crashes into some things. Cop cars surround it. There's still mango pulp on the car, so I really don't know what the car was doing to begin with. <laughs> the driver is breathing heavily. We can hear it. The window rolls down. Some pale hands stick out. The police ask that. The driver opens the door. The driver inches out slowly. It's Hurley. He is very nervous. Uh, the police tell him to get on the ground, and he runs, but they tackle him. Which would not have happened if he was a black guy. Uh, he would be dead. Anyway, he said, which he, he is Hispanic, but he's white passing. This is your bit of wokeness for the episode for now. He says, stop. Don't you know who I am? I'm one of the Oceanic Six. The Oceanic uh, Six? The Oceanic Six. What are the Oceanic Six? Presumably the six survivors. Are you sure about that? I mean, logically, who else would it be? We've I'm... discussed this before in episode 11, which for me was, uh, it was 11 for me, season 4, episode 10, Something Nice Back Home, where Jack has appendicitis and we have the flashback, whatever, alternative timelines that broke my brain last time. Yeah, so, so uh, do you think that this thing you seem you just saw is a is it a flashback? Or I don't know. An alternative timeline? This, is, this would have frustrated me had I been watching in real time. This is a season opener. Yes, so I know. So going on it's right now is a season upsetting opener. upsetting because this is all right before titles. Ugh. And titles. So I think the last time we had this timeline, I was trying to figure out who the Oceanic Six were. And it's very clearly Kate, Jack, Hurley. Who are the other three? Uh, who are the Claire? other three? Are we counting Aaron? Because Aaron was alive. Is he considered part of the six or are babies tertiary? What do, do you think? Do babies have rights? I mean, realistically, they're pro- the writers probably don't consider Aaron to be a character, but he was a survivor. Uh, I mean, so, I Aaron's mean, if that's, a character. But then again, if Aaron is around, why isn't Claire taking care of him? So maybe Claire isn't around. I don't... Okay, but who else survived? I mean, I think at this I, episode you have a good idea. I have just who... barely gotten to the titles. I don't. This is too early for me to be spiraling. I think you have a good idea of who didn't survive, given yes. what you heard later this episode. Certainly. Okay, let's move on. Because <laughs> yes. I can be said for the rest of this episode. Um, a lot of stuff happened. So. Hurley, I mean, we're still in this timeline, post-titles. Mm-hmm. Island is nowhere to be seen. The police says, so, five minutes before you led a cruiser on a chase throughout the city, you're just minding yourself in a convenience store, but then you freak out. And they're looking at convenience store camera footage. Hurley insists he wasn't running away from anyone, and the detective's like, do you expect us to treat you differently because you're a celebrity? And Hurley's like, nah. And then detective's like, but you were saying you were one of the Oceanic Six... By the way, funny coincidence, I knew someone on that plane. Uh, Anna Lucia Cortez, who was my former partner. Uh, she was dark hair, gorgeous. Way to objectify your partner, that's a little creepy. Hurley says he never met her, which, as far as I know, checks out, because Hurley was not part of Pit Crew that went to the tail. And then what? she was in the... Actually, wait, no, because she was in the bunker later. I don't know if Hurley... Her, no, her, he definitely was, because he was in charge of the food. I don't know. Hurley was definitely in the bunker. But he was also occupied, pushing a button every 108 minutes. He might have been. So, um, I don't... As far as I know, their paths have not crossed. 
he would have been aware of her. Yes. Surely. Do you also... Her being a police partner, does that make sense to you? Yeah, because she doesn't take any shit from Sawyer. Yeah, she also fucking, like, subdued that man, so... Uh, which one? Are you talking Sawyer or... Sawyer. Yeah, yeah. Just in the last episode we saw when she was not taking shit from Sawyer, she just fucking put him in his place and... Yeah. In a headlock, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, but anyway, this is not about Anna Lucia. Nope. This is about... What are your thoughts on, uh, continue on? Okay. Anyway, the detective insists that Hurley watch the tape. Oh, I'm going to get a donut. Do you want one? Hurley's like, no. It's a weird mashup of stereotypes. Uh, detective insists that Hurley will say who he ran from when he comes back. Hurley again looks at the two-way mirror window, but then he sees it's not a mirror. He sees underwater and somebody is swimming. The swimmer, he's like, he's looking into a river, or maybe he's like underwater in a submarine or something. The swimmer hits the window, it breaks, and water comes rushing through. Hurley freaks out, pressing at the door, calling help. It looks again at the window, seemingly is still rushing water. The detective comes back and says, you know, Reyes, I could toss you in the nut house." And Hurley's like, oh my god, thank you, thank you, and then hugs him. When the detective comes back, the mirror is seemingly, once again, a two-way window mirror, and there is no evidence of water. Thoughts? Weird shit is going down. Okay, so in the last episode, you've seen that Hurley might sometimes think of weird shit. And in this episode... It, and Did it, I, though? We, I mean, the, like, what, the what do you mean by weird shit? Because, like... In, in the beginning... With, oh, where he was daydreaming. Daydreaming. Jin was... Talking yeah. in English during yeah. the time and the clucky, cluck cluck clucky, cluck cluck good day. day, yeah. Um, but did you think of anything? I thought that was just sleep deprivation. What did you think of what happened this time? Um, he assumed he was drowning in a room with a broken water mirror. I'm not sure. It's it was a weird timeline to begin with, and the fact that. Um, both Hurley and Jack were not on the island and apparently in the L.A. area indicates to me this is the flashback forward. Okay. I think what I'm tentatively calling this other timeline and or parallel timeline because I'm still not sure. It might make this clear by the end of the episode. But... Because, I mean, this is obviously not the same as the flash forwards as season six because that one had more living people that are probably definitely dead uh, per... Uh, I, I don't know. It's I mean, complicated. But later in this episode, you definitely see somebody who... Stop! You... We'll get there. <laughs> Continue on. Okay. Island? Hurley is calling Beach to Jack on a walkie-talkie. Back to Jack. Uh, people on the boat are apparently picking him up after the radio tower. Jack tells Hurley to pack his bags, winks at Ben, Henry, who is bloodied and bound by a palm tree. Jack sees Kate, asks any luck. Kate says, no, he just disappeared. Uh, there's a guy with a knife stuck in him as they're talking. I'm wondering if it's a good one, but he's face down, though. Uh, they're surrounded by people in a sunny green kind of day, but, uh, there's Ben Henry who's all bloodied bound and someone else, uh, maybe, I thought it was another prisoner, but she seems to be guarding him. 
Kate is like, why would Locke kill her? He's never met her. And Jack's like, he's crazy. When he comes back, I'm going to kill him. So, before you say that, we saw Goodwin die back in season three, episode six. six. It's very... It's probably not Goodwin. It's just somebody else with a knife planted in him that visually reminds me of that particular death. You also know Goodwin got staked in the heart, which is why I made all the vampire jokes. Okay. This obviously isn't the same location as when Goodwin got killed. Sure. I guess. It's a hilly Hawaiian landscape, so... I mean, it's, it's a very yeah. beautiful location. There's a lot of people there for yeah. whatever reason. There's a fair amount of people here. But I'm going to say that whoever is dead in that valley is likely not Goodwin because his body would probably have not been preserved in that particular location. Maybe. As relevant for I, seasons. Assuming time compression is not a thing, I don't know. Anyway, Kate asks if they're really going home. Jack reassures her that yes, yes they are. We have some hopeful strings music playing. Son and Claire are playing with baby Aaron. Son says, I can't believe I'm going to have my baby in a hospital. Well, now that you said it, it's not going to happen. Uh, Rose gives him a water bottle. Uh, Bert- I mean, where do you think Son has her baby? In the other hospital. Okay. Because the island is weird fertility juju. <laughs> Rose gives him a water bottle and she's like, well, my Bernard my Bernard is a hero, but apparently your man is the hero of the hour, Claire. And uh, I guess Charlie turned off a signal to get the satellite phone going. Anyway, so Ben Henry is being guarded by Daniel Rousseau. Still checked me on the name. I'm just mm-hmm. going to call him Ben because... I forget where Henry came from. It's the name he went by when he was held captive in, in season two. In season two. Ben says, I need you to take Alex and get as far away as possible. Everyone who stays here is going to die. I will not have my daughter. And then Rousseau smacks him, saying, She is not your daughter. And then Rousseau walks off, and we focus on a knife in a woman's back. So, any thoughts on. That interaction? It's never addressed in the rest of the episode, which is puzzling. I'm perplexed. And who would be his daughter? He does not seem like the type who would be very particularly paternal. And Dude, yeah. But, I mean, you saw her in this episode. You saw her face. I do not remember what she looks like. I'm sure the camera focused on her a couple times. Was she the brunette person that Juliet was hugging a couple times? Uh, the camera focused on her. It also focused on who she was talking to at this particular time. I did not catch that because I don't know people. Okay. In that case, I am going to let it pass and I'll bring it up in a later episode when it is inconvenient. Cool. That sounds about reasonable. Juliet is shoveling near the back of a VW bus somewhere else on the island while Sawyer is drinking. Of course Sawyer is drinking. Speaking of drinking, I'm going to open this Evil Twin Brewing Imperial Biscotti Chili Hazelnut Break because we have finished our other beer and I want to consume this. This was a very dense episode. I am very sad that despite Evil Twin Brewing brewing at Westbrook, I cannot acquire Westbrook beers here in Oregon. So yep. this is the best I got to do. We uh, we spent a part of our lives in South Carolina, and now we are on the left coast, best coast, but we cannot get all of the Charleston beers that we want to. So, you know, if you are 
little listener and or checking out the show, just, you know, give us a shout out to what you're drinking and or if it's Charleston area. Oh my God, that's a great nose. I think it's pretty particularly fitting because it's a hazelnut break. Chili hazelnut. Chili hazelnut. And it's definitely chili from this smell. The hazelnut, or the filbert, is the state nut of Oregon. Oh, that's good. I really like that. It's, Ooh, that is a good nose. It's, this beer is definitely mm. sweet and peppery, and that's good. So, a sweet peppery beer, does that scratch your Mexican cake itch if it was brewed at the same facilities? Not quite. Mexican cake's still better, but this is this is this has more sweetness to it. I'm getting, cake, I'm getting more chili in the aftertaste. Yeah, Mexican cake is definitely like more vanilla. Van, has a bit more vanilla for the sweetness. True. This is definitely the, the hazelnut stands out on this one. It does say with vanilla extracts, but mm-hmm. this is this is a Mexican cake light. Um, I think the ABV is probably a lot lower, just assuming for the taste. What's the ABV? Uh, Should be it is it is eleven and a half. So ABV is a little bit lower, <laughs> but that is still a very This is high. actually not brewed in South Carolina. It was oh. brewed, um, it doesn't say, or yeah, it says it was brewed by Evil Twin Brewing, Stratford, Connecticut. Okay. Distributed by 12% LLC, Brooklyn, New York. Well, I mean, Evil Twin is a gypsy brewery, so this might be one of the few ones they had that was they, not brewed yeah, yet. Yeah, I mean, they usually say yeah. when they're brewed in Maybe we have to say we're exactly where they're brewed, but yeah, no, this, this so, is nice. I quite like this. It's still a tiny bit sweeter than Mexican cake. Uh, Mexican cake for the listeners who have no idea what my beer preferences is my like my favorite beer overall and one day we will transition from a lost podcast to just a straight up beer podcast. But you have hundred episodes to deal with that. That is yes. So before then, I will consume this beer and enjoy, and we can go back to talking about. Okay, well, Julie, bef- as you were cracking open that beer, Juliet is shoveling something near the back of the VW bus while Sawyer is drinking. She might be digging a grave. It's hard to tell. Uh, Hurley tells Bernard, oh, did I ever tell you I won the lottery? I got, like, $150 million. It was the worst thing that ever happened to me now. And it's all gone because they think I'm dead. When we get rescued and I come back, I'll be free. Yeah, so I'm really glad that you... That I saw the saw other Hurley episode before no, this. No, like, 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 these two episodes are kind of coincidentally, like... Unintentional well, pairing! Yeah, unintentionally pairing really well, because you know that now. Mm-hmm. But if you didn't know that, what would have your thoughts have been, if that makes any sense? I think I would have been like, well, that's an intriguing bit of backstory I obviously haven't seen yet. Probably the same as Bernard, where he was like, that's nice. Probably. And which is pretty much Bernard's reaction. Oh, that's nice. And then Hurley tells him, you know, I've been walking up this and down this beach for days, and all I've wanted to do is to just do a cannonball. And Bernard's like, you should do a cannonball. And Hurley's like, yeah, I'm going to do a cannonball. And he removes his shoes, and he runs with joy in slow-mo. He cannonballs, he's elated, we're looking at his face underwater, it's so joyful. And then he sees people pulling boats up. It looks like Saeed and others? Nah, I mean, yes, but it's also Desmond. And Desmond is like, we need to get in touch with Jack, we can't let him get in touch with that boat. That woman, Naomi, lied. Desmond tells them not to trust him? Her. Her? I wrote him. I don't know. Yeah. Um, On that note, exactly. Who the fuck is Naomi? 
I don't fucking know. In hindsight, after the whole episode where they were looking at a dead woman with a knife in her back, I was like, that was sort of foreshadowing or visual referencing, but it wasn't exactly her. I have not seen her at this point in the episode, so I don't know who Naomi is. Hurley also asked Desmond where Charlie is, and Desmond's like, I'm I'm sorry, brother. I and in caps locks, I say is Charlie fucking dead. Jin is here, he makes that eyes at Juliet and Saeed, and they're all sad. I am sad. Are you gonna have a drink? Cheers to Charlie. Cheers to Charlie. So I guess this is a this is one character that you at least know why he doesn't show up in later episodes. Well, yeah, I mean, I figure if he's not, if people aren't around in later episodes, they're probably dead. The fact that Rose and Bernard are not in the five season five or six episodes is pretty telling to me. Granted, uh, I have not. I have only seen one season five and one season six episodes, so they could exist. Really? Okay. Yeah, I did a tally. Uh, so this is episode 15. So far, I've seen three season one episodes, mm-hmm. three season two episodes, four season three episodes, three season four episodes, one season five, and one season six. You So fairly balanced, except for late season shenanigans. Which something that I noticed, I, I mentioned off the podcast, is she has had a very disproportionate amount of Juliet episodes. Which I thought was intriguing, but for reasons I'm not going to get into until we're farther into the series. But she's, we have definitely seen a disproportionate amount of Juliet episodes, mm-hmm. which is something. As far as I'm concerned, she's the main character. We will worry about five and six. I know she's occur. not, because she kind of just swans into Beach Crew and then swans out. But as far as I'm concerned, she's the possibly traitorous, sensible bunch person. And she talks in such a nice, calm voice when she's doing terrible and or good things to you. Yep. Also, just mathematically, there are less later season episodes than early season episodes. So that kind of works out. Mm-hmm. out but I am not going to get into that any more than that right now. Yep. I will let you continue on with this particular episode. I mean, I'm guessing that the the, le- the second half of the series is tinged by the writer's strike, which starts in this season. It only lasts for one year. Yes. But, but, but it had repercussions on the rest of the industry, though, when p- people realized, oh, we don't need to make 22 episodes of prestige television, we'll just do 10 and then devote the rest of our resources to Survivor, which is basically the same thing, right? I'm not going to lie, if Survivor had anywhere near the plot of Lost, I would want to watch Survivor a thousand times what more. Whatever friends confused that, Lost with Survivor when we were explaining this project to him. Oh, so, I know. I remember that. That was like, I'm like, what? It was like, I mean, I know I'm a Lost noob, but I am not that much of a noob. So. If there is some way to throw me onto an mystery island that eventually evol- involved uh, smoke no, monsters I, I won't and allow time it. travel. No, thank you. You don't want no. that to happen? Okay. I guess that that, that, that that dream is dead. We are. I'm going to drink more of this delicious beer and let you continue on your I mean, if thing. you want, and then I will be the sad ex in all of your flash forward backs. No! But, 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 Cancelled. But, 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 Cancelled. But, 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 but time Stop. travel. No. Stop. 
but time travel. Regardless, the sat phone rings. <laughs> Jack picks it up. It is uh, George Mikowski trying to get the signal, but they're having RF interference. Who the fuck Does is George Mikowski? Does not explain who RF is. I don't know who the fuck George Mikowski is. I don't that's either. That's who he says on the phone. Uh, George asks him to put Naomi on. Jack's like, ah, it'll be fine. And he looks over and just sees Ben hanging up by himself. And he's like, where is she? Ben just kind of smiles and shrugs like, Ugh. and then we have stress strings. Commercial break. Come back. Sawyer says, we got to call the doc. Sawyer um, says he doesn't know what, quote unquote, not Penny's boat means. Satan's. What do you think not Penny's boat means? Uh, it seems pretty straightforward. Okay. Not Penny's boat, like either don't get on Penny's boat or just something, something negative about Penny's boat. I mean, you've met Penny. Have I? Yes. Who is Penny? She is Desmond's significant other. Uh... In this boat. Oh, yeah, because Winmore was saying don't put Penny's life in danger. So, yes, I have met a Penny. It is Desmond's Penny. Which, which, which now that I think about it, would have been really confusing for Desmond to read, because he had, I thought he was just sad because Charlie was dying, but maybe he's also sad because Penny's boat is compromised, and that is genuinely upsetting. I mean, you also oh, know- Oh, but his baby is also a Charlie fuck, is this his time travel baby? You know that- I have a very surprised look on my face. You can't see it, but... She has a very surprised look on her face. Oh, fuck. All all I am going to say is at this point is... Oh, no. You know that Penny's dad is Charles Widmore. Yes. You know who Charles Widmore is. Yep, and they named their baby Charlie as well, which could have been Charlotte but or Charlie. And and you know as of this episode that Charlie died. Oh, God. Don't introduce another stupid wrinkle into this so stupid thoughts. series. <sighs> Are Charlie, Charles, Charlie, Charlotte, and the other Charlie the same? Yes, probably fucking obviously, because the show thinks it's more clever than it is. So why isn't it Penny's boat? Because she fucking killed her time-traveling future rock star son who is also dead on it, apparently. I don't I don't know. All right. <sighs> okay. Continue on. <laughs> so, so this all stemmed from Sawyer saying he doesn't know what, quote, not Penny's boat, unquote, means. So you'd insist that communications are monitored so they can't just get on the radio and be like, hey, we got a message saying not Penny's boat. Because uh, the Penny's boat people probably know what's going on on the radios. So I was like, well, I have the walkie-talkie, and I'll make the call. But then Hurley wrestles it from him and throws it in the ocean. Desmond and Saeed follow him into the jungle or whatever, and Sawyer is mad. Yeah, um, by follow him, follow who? Uh, it was not clear. I just said Desmond and Saeed follow him. Okay. And her- Sawyer's mad. So I'm assuming Desmond and Saeed are following Hurley, because Hurley's, that makes like, sense. Yeah. throwing yeah. it in the ocean, going, like, we'll just talk to him in person or whatever. Hurley's idea for avoiding conflict seems to definitely be on the, like, extreme range of things. Yes. Uh, such as definitely. getting in, such as putting himself into an institution, for example. Or mm. bombing their food supply. Trying to bomb their food supply. Which would definitely make people mad at him. Yeah. Um, 
Anyway, continue So, on. I'm going to call her Rousseau because it's weird calling her Danielle. That's fair enough, Because that's me. Rousseau says that she found blood, the girls trail, and they can't be gone more than ten minutes. Jack says, oh, uh, we'll take Ben with me because I don't trust anyone with Ben but me. Everyone, everyone in our vicinity, head back to the beach so you can be easily found. Claire says that Jack looks worried, but Jack says, oh, no, I'm just worried about you guys missing the ride home. Kate also found a trail headed west in a different direction across the island. Kate questions if it really is hers. Jack's like, oh, unless somebody else is bleeding. Kate's like, what if it's a dummy trail? And Jack's Kate. like, go, go Kate. Jack's like, nah, she's hurt. She's not thinking about fake trails. Just, just lead the people back to the beach. And I she, mean, given what you know about Naomi right now, which is she's apparently bleeding, and that's that's, that's it. That's your entire idea of Naomi. And the person on the sat phone called for her. Yeah. So I am suspicious based on the sat phone thing because really, uh, George, what's his face, was kind of acted like you know Jack was just there and like let the grown ups talk. Give me, give the phone to Naomi, right? So she's evidently someone important to boat person. Got it. So that's what I know at this point. With the other group, Sawyer's like, oh, what, what the hell's wrong with you, Hugo? Uh, team is arming themselves. Jen gets a gun. Saeed gets a gun. Juliet and Sawyer and Bernard also arm themselves. I'm pretty sure that's not who got a gun that I thought. And yeah, there is no, there's a lot of guns to go around at this point in this series. I don't know. He where thought they... it was Sawyer at first, but it was really Jin. But then Sawyer yeah. gets a gun. So it yeah, was I, don't, I don't know exactly where the guns came from, but there is a lot a of guns to go around. Surprising number of arms right now. Because I know in season one they were like, but the air marshal had one. Uh, presumably these are from like another cache or something. Like Juliet knows how to get the goods. And you know that by season six there are literal full automatic shootouts at various points in the island. Yes, apparently. But we'll worry about season six. I just six. had the one season six episode, and all of the Asians died. So yeah, I, I mean it's mathematically time for Most another of the one to Asians show up. Died. But who knows? We're back in the flash something. Uh, you wanted me to note the timestamp. It was 12 minutes and 21 seconds. I think mostly because you were astonished that it had been that long since we had a point of view switch. But we had the cold open in this time. Wait, this like, is only 12 minutes into the episode? This is 15 minutes into the episode. Oh, my God. Like I said, this is a very dense episode. How far are we into the podcast? Uh, 33 and cool. 20 minutes. It took us 33 <laughs> minutes to get 15 minutes into this. Granted, we did talk about beer for like five minutes, but still. Yeah. It's, this it's, is a, de- it's a, it's also, a good episode. Because also, you've made some several, several revelations that are destroying my concept of the timeline, and I hate it. I hate everything. I will still watch this, but I hate it. I love it. I love everything, and I, I'm very glad that your also, idea of the timeline is confused. When we, when we wrote down that it was 15 minutes, Scylla's surprised. You were surprised. <laughs> Hurley is playing Connect Four with someone at a facility. Uh, he's told he has a visitor. Uh, it's a black man, very good cheekbones, dark skin. He says he, he introduces himself as Matthew Abaddon. He's a attorney for Oceanic Airlines. You say I have absolutely seen him in other shows. You have. 
uh, which I have not seen Fringe all the way through, which is what you said. He's he's the head he of the FBI is in, Fringe. He's in, like, I think literally every single I'm not, episode of Fringe. I'm not allowed to IMDb, so no, I can't verify he's this. He's in a lot he of looks things. looks familiar, but I don't want to be like... Yeah, yeah he's a him. he is a very is he is he kind of a character actor? Is he does he tend to fall into these agency kind of roles? Probably he does the. He, I have authority and gravitas. Yeah, he does the enigmatic. I have authority, respect me type thing. Is kind of his shtick. I have seen him in other roles than that. Either way, I actually just really like him as an actor in general. I wish I knew his name off the top of my head, but I can't. Well, you can IMDb him. I am not allowed to IMDb Matthew Abaddon from Lost, if that's his real name. Anyway, Matthew is here uh, about Hurley's recent episode, the whole arrest and incarceration thing. Oceanic feels bad about it. I think that is the exact phrasing. And he says, you know, we're going to we're going to send an invitation for a little upgrade uh, to a facility where the paint isn't peeling off the walls. Somewhere you have your own bathroom and you can see the ocean. And Hurley's like, no, I don't want to see the ocean. Thanks. I'm fine here. Matthew asks, are you really fine? You're in a mental institution. Matthew says, are we still alive? Oh, wait, no, Matthew asks. No, Matthew asks. Yeah, I was like, what? Sorry, I misread my notes. Matthew asks, are they still alive? Which is confusing. Hurley says, what? Then calls for a nurse because he thinks Matthew is after him. He also asks Matthew if he has a business card. And Matthew's like, must have left them at home. Whoops a daisy. Um, while Hurley's kind of freaking out saying, this man is after me, this man is after me, Matthew exits through a door. So, after that scene, I want to mention that Matthew's actor name is Lance Riddick. What are your thoughts of Hurley in the institution? Just because... It sort of felt like escapism. Like, you know that a few episodes from now, he's still in an institution. Mm -hmm. Yep. You also have seen the one previous episode of his past where I that's think, definitely not true. I think... What? What do you mean? He's That's definitely not true? He's not in an institution in the previous episode you saw of his backstory. Well, in the backstory, he was living at home with his mom. Yeah, and he also won $150 million. So, I think he likes to be left alone and being institutionalized is one way to do that. So, do you think... I mean, this episode kind of confirmed it, but do you think he chooses to be in the institution? Yes. I, okay. think, it's, I think it's a choice. <gasps> that makes sense. Um, any... I'm sure, like, from the, car, from the car chase, he probably had the option of going to jail, but then he convinced them to institutionalize him, and he's okay with that. So... Well, you mean you literally saw him hug the guy and say, please, please yes. put me in the institution. Yes, I did. So... so. So, I absolutely think it is a choice to be here. Whether it's a valid choice or not, I don't know. I'm Amy? less certain. But, it, I mean, in this case, it is him choosing to be here rather than somebody else putting him here. Yeah, makes sense. Um, any, I know this is your first time seeing him, and I mostly, when you saw him, focused on his other, his roles and other things. But mm-hmm. what did you think of the oceanic lawyer that showed up during this scene? I thought it was suspicious that he didn't have business cards. And I'm not really sure. So he says, like, we'll offer you an upgrade to another facility. So it sounds like they're still okay with Hurley being institutionalized, albeit in more expensive settings. Well, you know, Hurley's a... 
He's, yeah. But massive multi-fucking-millionaire. But I think that's an interesting choice instead of, like, hey, we'll get you a personal psychologist, a therapist that will visit you in your own home. But they're still talking about an institution. Do you think he's actually with Oceanic Airlines? Uh, probably not, based on the very obvious dodge he had of, like, whoops, I don't have my business cards. For a while, I also wondered if he was a figment of Hurley's imagination, but a nurse explicitly did say, you have a visitor. So, hard to tell. Okay. We will get back to that last bit And, like, I, always, I never thought the airlines had anything to do with this conspiracy, but now you've added another wrinkle, and I don't need more factions. Oh, yes, you do. Do I... I mean, come on. How many more factions could there possibly okay, be? Okay, so we have the beach crew... Main beach crew, we have the Tail Raiders, we have the others, we have the Hostels, we have... The Hostels may or may not also be Widmore's group, which is trying to find the island of magical whateverness. And now you're saying I have Oceanica Airlines on top of this? I mean, there's also Dharma. Yeah, oh, Dharma is the others, I thought. Are they not the others? Okay, I, they might be. They might be. I just wanted to make sure that you had them. I, I consider Dharma to be the others, Got and it. you have the Hostels, which okay. may or may not be Widmer's group, and now you're throwing the airline in as well. Unless... There is a... Unless the others and the uh, Dharma is different, as is Hostels and Widmore, but it would be more parsimonious if they were the same, but I don't know if this thing is going to be parsimonious. Okay, I don't mean to freak you out right now. Which, that was a giant... Fucking whatever the hell that is. Oh, wow. Yeah, there's like a wasp crawling on our wall. Oh, okay, no, that's a bad transition. Um, island. The uh, the very armed crew is hiking. Sawyer asks Hugo, how is he doing? Uh, Sawyer is being unusually empathetic, asking Hurley if he wants to talk about Charlie. He's like, you guys are buddies. Let's talk. And Hurley's like, we'll move faster if we don't talk. This is the second time in two episodes where Sawyer is being, like, Usually empathetic? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Hurley says they'll be faster if they don't talk. Uh, Sawyer's like, okay, I'll just I'll just tell the people up ahead to slow down. And Hurley's like, oh, I can keep up. And Sawyer says, well, holler if you need me. Sawyer has feelings. Hurley has feelings. Hurley gets lost or separated. <laughs> He's yelling, like Sawyer said, uh. and no one responds. And then he comes across an overgrown station. He hears whispers. Another another round of whispers. And oh. a light comes on. It's like, uh-oh. Yeah, so... I want to hear you think of this entire scene. Well, we revisit this scene in a little bit. It's a little baffling. I mean, him coming across an overgrown station doesn't seem too odd because they exist. Yeah. It's it's a rather small one. The hearing whispers is unusual because uh, we've been playing Monster Hunter. It reminds me of the whispers before the Devil May Cry quest where no. they're, you can tell they're human voices, but they're unintelligible. That Devil May Cry quest is literally just aping off of the actual Devil May Cry mm -hmm. series. Yeah, so. I know. Which I've never played. The yeah. list of media I've never consumed is very long. Not all of them are so are great to do at random. I have no other thoughts on this for now. Okay. So we go to Verso in the jungle, and she says the blood trail ends here. Jack's like, what? 
And she says, oh, we were fooled. She doubled back. And Jax feels for his sat phone at his waist. He can't find it. He asks Ben where it is. And Ben's like, oh, she took the phone. And Jax's like, what? Ben says, oh, she took it when you hugged him. Kate, look on the bright side. At least somebody around here knows what they're doing. Which, true. Kate is very much more capable than Jack. She can actually track Please <laughs> Kate, tracking. The blood kind of looks like chocolate sauce in the light, which I know is what they used to do in black and white films. I don't know if they still do that today. Uh, the sat phone rings. Kate looks at it, takes a couple stressful breaths, and then answers it. The person asks who it is. I think it's George again. He asks where Naomi is, and she says, oh, uh, we're looking for her. Some blood drips on Kate from above, and it's Naomi jumping her from a tree or something. Naomi puts a knife to Kate's neck and says she spent the last three days trying to get them rescued, but then the knife was thrown in her back. Kate says, oh, John Locke threw the knife because he says that you weren't who you say you were. Naomi insists on getting the phone. The phone is ringing. Kate's kind of like, fine. Naomi tells George uh, that Naomi had an accident and she's hurt. She says she hit a tree branch when she parachuted in. He says, well, we're having a hard time trying to find your frequency. She changes the tracking frequency on the phone, and it's suddenly clear. She's like, ah, it's really bad. Tell my sister that I love her. And then she collapses in front of an astonished Kate. So, any thoughts on who Naomi is? Nope. Who her sister is? Why she loves her? Uh, Naomi yes. is new to me. I don't know who her sister is. Correct. Um, the simplest explanation for me would maybe be that it's some unidentified female here, so Penny or Charlotte, but I'm not really sure. I mean, you you saw Naomi extraordinarily briefly, but okay, yeah. that's your thoughts? Yeah. Okay. She did look like a person of color, yes, but people can be adopted. Correct. And yeah, I don't know. Unless... No, I'm not going to make any judgment calls. Fair enough. Okay. Uh, yeah, again, this is your first time ever hearing the name of Naomi. I am not going to ex- mention anything of any previous escapades of anyone named Naomi. So, continue I on. can't think of any other sister bonds, and that would be neat if the show had sister bonds, because they're not as explored as frequently. We go back to Hurley, approaching this abandoned house. He peeps through a broken window. He sees a lit lantern on the table. There's a painting of a dog. I think it's like a shit zoo or something. Uh, there's somebody, definitely a human person, in a rocking chair, rocking, and then suddenly there's an eye face looking right at him in front of the window. He backs away, starts running, calling for help. He's dropped his torch. No one is pursuing him, so he pauses. He turns around, and the house is there again. The door creaks open. Hurley shuts his eyes and says, There's nothing here. There's nothing here. There's nothing here. Opens them again. There is no house. He falls back on the ground, and Locke is there holding a torch. Hurley screams. Thoughts? I don't know. Okay. That's fair. That's a very reasonable thing to think right now. It would be interesting if Hurley is not neurotypical, but I also don't know. I feel like there's a whole ton of symbolism in that abandoned house. 
the lantern that it's occupied. I don't know why there's a shit zoo painting on there. That was the weird part for me. I was just trying to note details. Someone in the rocking chair is probably someone older, maybe someone they care about in the beach crew, or maybe in his own life, but it was, I think it was a white male. Hard to tell because it's in lantern light, so probably not his mom. I don't know. Okay. That's fair. Um, I feel like there has been a lot of evidence thus far of Hurley, if Hurley is neurotypical or not. Um, so what are your thoughts on that? Thing is, like, I don't know, because the other thing you mentioned, the daydream in the bunker, could very much easily have been a daydream. Huh? He does have extraordinary luck, and so I wonder if that may be linked to the island showing him things, because, oh god, apparently I'm personifying the island now. It... We'll get to that later. I hate everything. Everything, Meanwhile... Everything doesn't hate you. We come back from commercial break. Locke says, Oh, you got yourself good and lost, Hugo. How'd you get separated from the group? And hands him a bottle of water. Hurley says he got scared. Locke questions if not Penny's boat is what Charlie wrote on his hand. Like, if it was actually Charlie who wrote it. They talk about how it's hard to tell Jack... That they're not being rescued. Because Jack is so hopeful. He's so full of hope. And uh, Locke's like, you know, if we can't talk Jack out of it, then Charlie died for nothing. So we need to do something. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's very obvious that this when Charlie died. But, uh... Yes. Do you think they get rescued? Obviously not. This is season... The beginning of season four. I have seen... Five episodes of them past this point where they are on the island, and unless that is one giant flashback, they obviously don't get rescued in the immediate parts after this episode. But then when do Jack and Kate get married? In purgatory, because they're dead. So you think that anything that's not... I don't know! Okay. They might be. I mean... Maybe they did get rescued. Maybe it. Maybe it's like a "How I Met Your Mother" thing, and that's like the weird <laughs> story. I, I I promise you, as bad as the finale for Lost is, it's not as bad as the finale for How I Met Your Mother. Neither of us have watched How I Met Your Mother all through. Yes, have we just but, like but, heard but, how the ending is? No, no. But I can promise you, I can promise you, the ending of Lost is not as bad as the ending of How I Met Your Mother. Hurley is trotting. He finds his friends at the plane wreckage. By friends, I mean the friends that have guns. Sawyer's <laughs> like, where the hell have you been? And Hurley's like, I got lost. And then Locke shows up right behind them and says, like, what the hell are you doing? Uh, Locke apparently already tried to warn Jack. Says, like, why did you destroy the submarine? Uh, but then everyone props guns at sudden movement. It is Sun and the other people from Jack's team. Claire is looking around as everyone is making touching reunions with their people, like Bernard reuniting with Rose, and they're adorable. Bernard says, up, oh, still in one piece, and she calls him a rainbow. Juliet embraces a brunette woman, which is probably the Alex you were mentioning from, or I mean, the Alex Ben mentioned, but I'm not sure. That Why would Juliet care about Alex? I don't know. 
but I'm, I'm, I'm basing this on Ben and Juliet being linked. So if Ben has a quote-unquote daughter and people have fertility problems, it may or may not be related to Juliet. So I'm assuming that is maybe who they're talking I mean, to be, about. Be, no, I was just going to say that when he mentioned his daughter earlier, he was fucking slapped in the face. So Well, yes. So is this is this the same person he was looking at, though? The brunette woman that Juliet embraces. I honestly don't remember. That's fine. Uh, the other thing I, was I gonna, will get my bet. The other thing I was just going to mention was just how great a couple Bernard and Rose are. Bernard and Rose are great. Yes. Claire is looking more and more lost because she's clearly looking for Charlie and she doesn't see him. Hurley kind of sighs and tells Sawyer, "I'll I'll tell her." With a grim look on his face. He goes up to Claire, and then it just all comes out. He's like, he's dead. Charlie's dead. And then they embrace, and they cry, and Desmond and looks I sad. I cry, and you cry. And I did not cry. Oh, okay. I, I, I probably would have. I might have shed a little tear. I might have. No comment. Maybe. And, like, I'm wondering also, because I noted that Desmond looked sad. Is it because this is his time-traveling future baby, and that's his grandson? Because that would be stupid. But does the show recycle names? Maybe? All I'm going to say about that is... I get that Charles Charlie is a fairly common name, but, like, what if it's recycled? What if Charles Charlie and Charlotte are the same person? Yes. I mean... Four, eight, fifteen, sixteen, twenty, three, forty-two. Oh, okay. Anyway, we go to the the flash, whatever. I will call it the flash forward, I guess. Hurley is outside. He's doing a watercolor of Santa Claus in front of an igloo whilst just you know hanging out. Another patient comes up and says, "Hey, there's a man watching you." And I note that there are. 13 whole minutes left of this episode. Holy shit, still? Yeah. It's an instant episode. Thirteen, wow. 13 minutes of lost time, which, knowing us, will probably be more like 20. This is a long episode, and I'm sorry. Even after editing. I'm sorry. It's apparently Charlie in sunglasses. And he's like, hey, man, don't run. Sit down. I want to talk to you. Hurley is astonished. Charlie says, don't do what I, you did in the store, okay? No need to freak out. Hurley's like, no need to freak out? I'm trying to buy jerky and a slushie, and you're over there by the ho-hos. I know you're dead. I'm not having an imaginary conversation with you. So, the fact that the other men's institution guy is the one who mentioned uh-huh. this, thoughts. Keep in mind that you're aware that in... Other episodes, maybe people who are dead have talked to people, and I am not going to make any more specifics than that. Now everyone's a ghost. Okay. Um, The fact (laughs) that another patient saw somebody staring at Charlie, or I mean at Hugo, and assuming that he's talking about Charlie, would indicate that maybe ghosts are a real thing in whatever time zone line space this is. Mm. So I still sort of agree somewhat with Hurley that this might be purgatory and they're all dead. Because that would make sense. Big purgatory. Yeah, do you know how many people there are on this planet? 
Yeah, but do people just come and go from purgatory as they wish? I don't dwell on thoughts of the afterlife, so I will find out when I get there. Anyway, Charlie says, I'm dead, but I'm also here. Hurley asks for proof, and Charlie just straight up slaps him. It hurts. You can, it hurts. You, you can it, see, you, you can it's see a Hurley solid slap. Hurley says, do you know you were going to die when you swam out there? Charlie nods. Hurley's like, why didn't you tell me? And Charlie said, well, I knew I was going to do it anyway. And if I told you, you'd try to stop me. And I spared you the drama. Hurley, you need to do something. You're avoiding it. Charlie's here to tell him himself. Hurley's like, no, 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 no. If I count to five, you'll be gone. And Charlie's like, they need you. He insists. Charlie counts to five, opens his eyes, and he doesn't see Charlie. So. Back on the island, Hurley and Claire are still crying about Charlie, understandably so. Claire asks Hurley how he died, and Hurley says he was trying to help us. Uh, Locke, Sawyer, and Desmond all have very sad looks. Rousseau comes back to the clearing with Ben. Jack punches Locke. I'm not sure why he's punching Locke when there's... Oh, wait, wait, because he's with Rousseau. Jack Mm -hmm. is here. He punches Locke. Locke goes for his gun. Jack rustles it from him. Juliet calls for Jack in her soft voice, Jack. Locke insists Jack isn't going to shoot him uh, any more than I'm going to shoot you. Jack tries. Locke notes that it's not loaded. And then we have a lost noise. Okay, but during that scene, it's very important to note that if that gun was loaded... Jack would have fucking just shot Locke in the face. Oh, yeah. He definitely would have. But Locke is smart and does not keep a loaded gun on him when he knows whiny teenage boys are in the air. That's reasonable. So, what do you think Locke did to make Jack hate him that much? Well, I mean, Saeed mentioned earlier that Locke exploded the submarine. So, that seems pretty much it. You you also know in season six, the submarine still exists. Because that's what... Is it the same submarine? Because that's what Are there not multiple submarines? Did we travel in time again? I'm assuming they're different submarines. He dies out of submarine exploding. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah, but he's here asking Locke what... I thought they were separate submarines and and say he just accidentally dies on another submarine. How easy... Are you telling me that there is time travel and this is Saeed saying, you exploded a submarine with me on it, why the fuck did you do that? But we don't know that that happens and we see that in season six? Is that what you're telling me? I'm just asking you, how easy that do you think... That would be very improbable. How easy do you think submarines are to acquire? It's the Pacific. Do you know how many military bases there are? Also, it's probably not easy, but like... <sighs> Are you seriously saying that the season six sequence chronologically happened before this one? I'm just saying. A submarine exploded. That that would be so stupid, though. (laughs) There's a good chance they could have acquired a new submarine by the time season six happens, which we don't know if season six happens before or after this episode. Why? <laughs> okay, so like Saeed multiple friends have said that season six is frustrating as hell. And is it because it it takes place in an earlier point in this? <sighs> <laughs> well, I don't know. 
you're just not going to tell me. So I'm going to continue with my recap and fume about this because this is this is genuinely upsetting. Why would you suggest that that the last seasons are just screwing with the fucking timeline and? <sighs> you already know that season five is explicitly about time travel. Season five explicitly mentions flashes, but if say. If Saeed dies in a future episode and acknowledges it here, either he's prescient or time travel is happening and people are actually dead, but I assume that they're dead and like, no, thank you. I don't want any of this. Oh, yes, you do. You want a hundred plus more episodes of this. I I guess I want like 90 more episodes of this. Oh, yeah. Yes, you do. Anyway, we come back from commercial break. Because that stopped roughly at a commercial break. We don't actually have commercials here. Unless you count our beer things. I'm going to bring more of that. I'm sure you probably want more of this too. Yes, I will in a second. But I have to narrate now. Jack punches Locke again, just for good measure. Saeed and Sawyer pull Jack off. Saeed insists he knows what Locke did. I typo that into died. And I'm wondering if that was... Just a Freudian slip of the you know Locke's, You know Locke's alive in another episode? You have seen him in future episodes. You have I, have seen not, him. I have not seen him dead. Uh, that you have is seen true. him alive. I have always seen him alive. Locke insists that he's been acting in the best interest of everyone, that he's not hurting anyone. And he, he insisted there was a traitor in their midst. And he points to Julia. And Jack's like, you killed Naomi. And Ben's like, mm, technically he didn't kill her. She's bleeding out, but she's not dead yet. Kate's like, nah, yes, you technically did. But Naomi covered for us. And Locke's like, okay. Thoughts? On... Why the hell do you think Naomi would cover for them despite the fact that Locke apparently shoved a knife in her back, if, in theory? I think if the Satphone people had reason to believe that Naomi was killed, the Satphone people would have either shellacked the island or just left. And that she was providing a way for the people she kind of sort of trusted to get off. Do you, what, do you, is what, the most what, charitable explanation I will get. What do you think about the island is worthwhile for the seven people to go in there and just not kill everyone? Uh, human decency to not kill random people? Given what you've known of... Wait, what are you... What is specifically you're asking me? Are you asking me why the helicopter people would be here? Because I assume they're here because they have a connection with Naomi, and they're here to extract her from whatever she's looking for. Okay, you've seen other episodes in season four. Mm-hmm. So you have a rough idea of what might the... be outside the island. Not really. Okay. In that case, carry on. I mean, like, I know Daniel and Charlotte show up in this episode, or in this season. Uh, yes. So, and they parachuted in from a helicopter, and because they're associated with the helicopter, they're presumably with the Naomi faction, and I... You also have heard multiple times, we have seen three, we have seen three shows this season. Three, yes. And... The other two were about Daniel and Charlotte gaining the trust of everyone else. But they also mention a boat pretty heavily. Mm-hmm. Which... Well, kind of. I mean, because I think they mentioned helicopter, too. Yes. And I don't know if a boat is being used here uh, colloquially as, like, oh, get on get on the airboat or something, or if it's a literal boat. Okay. I'm not sure. 
Got it. Continue on then. Uh, let's see. Locke, after Kate says you murdered Ju- Naomi, Locke says, I'm going to the barracks the others abandoned because it's the only place with decent security. If you want to live, you need to come with me. Jack is like, nah. But then Sawyer and Hugo are like, Charlie went to that place so he could be rescued. Whatever he did down there worked, but something must have happened. Hurley goes on to say, I don't know why, but he changed his mind. Um, we see what happened. Uh, they were, they look like they're in a submarine. It's sort of like the season six episode I saw where water is coming out on one side through the door. Desmond is on the other side of a sealed door. Curly says, he warned us that the people on the boat were not who they say they are. We flash back to the submarine scene. Jack, or not Jack, Charlie is looking through the porthole at Desmond. He puts his left palm up on the window, and on his left palm is written, not Penny's boat. Not Penny's boat! Uh, Charlie nods at Desmond, and there's the sad, lost, emotional music of, like, the the intervals that we briefly considered for a theme song. We don't have a theme song yet, because uh, I can't figure anything out. Eventually. Sad, lost, emotional music is not going to do it. Uh, Hurley says, I'm not listening to you, Jack. I'm going to listen to my friend. I'm listening to Charlie. And then he walks over towards Locke. Kate glances to the side. Sawyer glances back or something. Claire and Aaron walk over, as do other people. Ben says, Jack, with your permission, I'd like to go with John. Jack says, he's all yours. Most people seem to trickle over towards Locke. I was trying to get an idea on crowd size, and it wasn't super clear. It was kind of hard. Yeah, no, I agree I thought it, I thought most people went over towards Locke, but then it seemed kind of 50-50 when we zoomed out. Uh, Bernard and Rose confer. Bernard says, I'll... Go wherever you want. You say we should not leave the island. And Rose is like, I don't want to go anywhere with Locke. Which, fair. I understand. Absolutely. God, so they Rose stay. is really the best. She is the best. But I'm afraid this is what's going to get her killed. Because she stays with Jack. Kate asks Sawyer, what are you doing? And Sawyer's like, Sawyer looks back at her pain. She sa- He says, same thing I've always done, Kate. Surviving. It starts raining. Locke tells Jack and crew they know where to find him if they change their minds. Team Jack seemingly is larger in this zoomed-out part, though I feel like a lot of our named characters are with Locke. Jack's crew has Juliet, Kate, Jen, and Son, Rose, and Bernard. It might be even. It's it's still hard for me to tell. Flash something. Hurley is tossing a basketball in a gem. He's still wearing his outfit of pajamas and a bathrobe. A man in a suit comes up to him. It is Jack. He asks Hurley if he's ever missed. Jack says, oh, I'm on my way back from a console. I just figured I'd stop by and pay you a visit. You want to play a game of horse? And Hurley's like, yeah. Hurley easily makes all of his baskets. Jack misses all of his shots. Yes, this is another demonstration of Hurley being lucky. Hurley asks uh, how it's like a post-rescue or something. Jack's like, oh, it's fine. You know, sometimes I sign autographs when I get coffee. I'm thinking about growing a beard. Hurley says, you look weird with a beard, dude. Which I feel like has happened in a season, but I can't remember. I just know his haircut has changed. Uh, okay, you don't remember? Okay. Was it season two or three that he had one? I don't know. That he, when he proposed to Kate... 
later this episode. Oh, okay. But that's like, I'm stressed and I don't want to take care of my hygiene beard. Anyway, Hurley points out he's on HO for horse, which, if you're not familiar with the game, uh, people are making baskets. Every time they miss a basket, they get another letter. When you spell out horse, you're out. So, Hurley has made all of his baskets. Jack has missed two. Uh, Hurley asks Jack, well, what are you really doing down here? Jack insists that he's checking up on Hurley. Hurley says, mm, you were checking to see if I was nuts, if I was going to tell. Jack looks disconcerted. Jack's like, uh, not nah, you win. I, uh, I gotta run, which is, uh, suspicious as hell, because he got three other letters for horse. He is a... He is a spinal surgeon. Spinal surgeon. Sure. But this but is still. a rather suspicious timing of events. Correct. Hurley says, hey, I'm sorry. I'm sorry I went with Locke. I should have stayed with you. Jack turns around and is like... It's fine. It's water under the bridge, man. They both obviously have feelings about this. Hurley says, I don't think we did the right thing, Jack. It wants us to come back. It's doing everything it can. Jack shouts. It's almost crosstalk. Jack's like, we're never going back. And he continues to look disconcerted and stalks away. Hurley says, never say never, dude. So the interaction that just happened between Jack and Hurley. So Hurley personified the island. Saying, uh-huh. it wants us to go back. It's doing everything it can. Are you sure the island's the it? Presumably. Because okay. Jack is like, we're never going back. And there's what other point of shared experience do they have but the island? Um, it would have to be the island. I just want to say there is a particularly loud meme. Have you heard it at this point? If you don't know what I'm talking about, that is a good sign, and I will say no and never mention this ever again. I have no idea what you're talking about. Fantastic. I'm intrigued. Do you want me to look it up? No, you will never look this up until we're done with the series, but any other thoughts you have, Is Is it just Jack shouting, we're never going back to multiple things? No. I am not going to say anything else. But anyway, so... That's frustrating. after After this comment... Between Jack and Hurley, thoughts. Where do you think this flash takes place? It takes place seemingly after a rescue. Okay. If a rescue occurred. This is season four, episode one. Yes, I am aware. You know that season four, episode six, which is the Julie episode, is not flash forward. Nope. But the other season four episode is potentially... The season four episode ten included these flash forwards. Do you think the entire season is flash forwards? I, well, so episode six was a flashback because it was a Juliet episode and we needed to know why she was beefing with this random woman who showed up in the rain. But are you sure it's a flashback? Because every other episode thus far we've seen the season is a flash forward. That one seemed more like a flashback, especially because we saw the footage of the plane crashing again. Okay. Unless they crash again. For that episode, it has to be a flashback. Okay. It still makes me feel like it's either a parallel timeline. This could be the main timeline, which would be interesting. The fact that he says it's doing everything it can makes me think that maybe these visions... 
that Hurley has are indeed from the island, and that might also explain Jack's visions of his dad, who should be dead, because he died before the plane, theoretically. If the island is fucking sentient, God, why is the island fucking sentient? I am not going to say anything on the island if being sentient or not. Because I just, like, spilled that through my hands. No, she spilled it through her hands. But what I'm going to say, and this is for listeners only, while Danielle is dying, we did watch season four, episode six. Season four, episode five is the constant... If you're a listener, you know what that means. For if anyone you watch else, Lost... Disregard that... Danielle, Danielle disregard that, but that is that is purely for people who have watched the show and know what I'm talking about. Cool. Continue on the episode. That's fine. I hate everything. We have a little That's bit of because you left. haven't seen that episode. Continue on. Oh, is that episode magically going to make all of my problems with this disappear? Yeah, I thought so. Anyway, we're back <laughs> on the island. <laughs> Uh, a wet Jack is forlornly looking at all of the people leaving with Locke. Uh, he and Kate are hanging out near the plane, a section of the plane. Kate asks if he's thinking of Charlie, and Jack's like, it feels like a hundred years ago we came out here together. Which, suspicious phrasing. Maybe it's metaphor. Maybe they have been trapped in a cycle for a hundred years in a time loop. Because why the fuck not? Okay, so this is season four. Yes. There is roughly 20-esque episodes of season four of this, so that means there, there has not been 100 episodes before this, just, no, well, just I mean, mathematically. I mean, each episode is not going to be a year, but he says it feels like 100 years since they came out together, which could be a figment of speech, or it could be some writer going, ho, 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 and patting themselves on the back because secretly they're in a time loop and they are not aware of it. I don't know. Anyway, Kate You will someday. Kate insists that the thunder is getting louder, but it's actually a helicopter noise. Somebody is parachuting down. Jack runs with Kate following. He finished the beer. It's a really good beer. Okay. I like that a lot, it was. It was a very good beer. Thank you, Evil mm-hmm. Twin. It's very much my kind of beer. Uh, the parachuter is Daniel Faraday. Jack and Kate don't know this, but I do because I've seen other season four episodes. Daniel stares at Jack. He says, are you Jack? Jack and Kate look at each other. We have some squanchy horns and credits. So, Daniel Faraday showing up. Mm-hmm. Given what you know, mm-hmm. is probably the least interesting part of this entire episode because you know he exists after the, after this episode. Yeah, but I assume this is where he's introduced and without a name. So all the viewers are also like, "Okay, you just threw us a bunch of bullshit about how Charlie is dead and Hurley's an institutionalized, and now you have this random character parachuting in." So this. Throws out a lot. It is of a very info dense, very info dense episode. This is yeah. So, is there anything that you haven't already said that you want to mention? Because you have seen a lot of season four after this. You, mm-hmm. I have not seen a lot of season four. I've seen two episodes. Yes, but you have seen a decent amount of Daniel Faraday. You know who he is as a character, sort of. As much as you can get in, like, four episodes, because he was in the yeah. season five episode. Which is still well. way more than anyone else would have ever had at this sure. point. Yeah. The the timeline in the future after they've been rescued, where there are the quote-unquote Oceanic Six, is intriguing. I'm still not entirely sure whether that's, like, 
a false reality, like maybe they didn't get rescued, but they're in like a mind trap, or it actually is a thing. What do you think killed Charlie? Uh, getting drowned in a submarine. What do you think? Obviously. Yeah. What do you think that, what do you think not Penny's boat means? Uh, don't get on Penny's boat. You've met Penny. Mm Mm-hmm. And she was mostly telling Desmond she couldn't do this. She couldn't keep being around on the boat. Are they trying to get on Desmond's yacht? Is that Penny's boat? Are they trying to fit all of those people on Desmond's yacht somewhere? Do you think that... That is the only Penny boat that I'm aware of. Penny's boat? I mean, that's what this episode is centered around, right? Don't get on Penny's boat. And they apparently know a Penny is the same as Desmond's Penny. That remains to be seen. I would. Ex- I, I don't know if that's why Desmond was sad or if he was sad because Charlie was drowning in front of him. It's hard to say. Okay. Fair enough. Um, any other thoughts you want to say before we end this episode? It was definitely a very dense episode. And I so. don't really have any other thoughts other than it was very exhausting and we definitely had to pause multiple points for me to keep up. And I did double check some of the dialogue I wrote down with you because... Shit's gone bonkers, so... Oh, yeah. yeah. Shit's bonkers. Uh, thanks for listening to Lost at Random. We finally have our own Facebook page. It's just Facebook Lost at Random as one word. We're populating it. We're doing a very limited job of making it exist, but hey, it exists. Um, you can find Danielle at... Dalmari, D-A-U-M-A-R-I, on Twitter. I tend to tweet about the episode at hashtag lost at random. The first couple ones I did tweet occasional thoughts every now and then, but now I'm mostly typing in my notes. So it tends to be my holy shit, we're paused, what the fuck is this episode, or when we're going back through editing, wow, this uh, retroactively hit this episode again. <laughs> um... Yeah, if you have any questions about anything, just just like hit us up. And thank you uh, for listening. Thank you for thank indulging you for in our the next episode. Will be up eventually. Creative endeavor. Yeah, this is fun. So yeah, have a good day.